You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Man, the Houston Texans came away with a big victory last night against the Indianapolis Colts, which means this is a happy Friday edition of Locked On Texans. And as always, you can find Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Megaphone. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my brother and my partner in crime. John, some sports got Hickman, but the Indianapolis Colts had already won their previous game against the Texans. And last night's battle against those two teams really is going to decide the odds of winning the AFC South going into last night's game. The odds for the Houston Texans were sitting at 46.7, and the odds for the Colts, 46.4. Okay. That is how crucial last night game was. And, you know, we normally do our review uh, reviews episodes on Mondays or Tuesdays, anytime that the game is on today. It just so happens to fall on Thursday night. So we're going to do it for Friday. I am uh, I'm excited to talk about the show like any other day because there are just some things with this team that I am really concerned about. Really concerned about. So, and of course, we have our fan Fridays, a lot of interaction last night with the people on Twitter. So let's just get straight to it. So one thing I do want to do is give kudos to where kudos are deserving. Last night, Zach Cunningham had a career high of 16 tackles on the night. And Deshaun Watson, our beloved superstar quarterback, who had a decent game outside of that first half. I really had some issues with that first half, but he totaled out the game pretty well. He joined Steve Young in the 1994 season as the only player to record over 20 passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns, and a passer rating above 100 through the first 11 games of the NFL season. So kudos to those two guys. And both of those guys, Deshaun Watson and Cunningham, played a big part in the win against the coach. Cody, you know, they got the dub, right? They got the dub. And there were some things that everybody saw, right? First and foremost, when we're fuller is on the field, the offense looks so much better. And that's what I want to talk about. I truly believe that the Houston Texans won this game. Well, a big portion of the Houston Texans winning this game came from the return of Will Fuller. Now, John, you know, you and I talked about this a lot. When Will Fuller is healthy, he is one of one of the most underrated wide receivers in this game. And we saw that DeAndre Hopkins had it going really, really early. I mean, he had one of his best games of the season. Six receptions, 94 yards, two touchdowns. And those touchdowns came at the most crucial points of the game. When you take a look at everything that, that was going on between DeAndre Hopkins, 
the Indianapolis Colts could not focus all their attention on him because you had a guy in Will Fuller who was actually cooking on the field. He led all receivers with seven receptions, 140 yards, and John, I'm going back to what I've said earlier before. I do believe that the return of Will Fuller is the reason why the Houston Texans won this game because he stepped up at the at the most crucial moments of this game. You take a look at when the Indianapolis Colts made that touchdown and the Houston Texans were 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 down 17 to 10. He kept them in the game when Deshaun Watson when he threw that 51 yard reception. Will Fuller on this team makes a huge difference. One, he frees up DeAndre Hopkins. Two, two, he gives Deshaun Watson another weapon. He is just a guy who, he's a playmaker, and if he can stay healthy, I guarantee you this team will go farther than anyone can ever predict it. Yeah, and the thing about Will Fuller on the field the same time with DeAndre Hopkins, you still have other guys in this office to worry about. Now, I think moving forward, I don't think we're going to see Kiki QT for the rest of the season. I don't I'm know pretty what's sure going on. Won. Last last game against the Baltimore Ravens, it just seems like he's continuously missing his assignments. I don't think we're going to see him again. However, when you have those two dynamic guys on the field at the same time, and Deshaun Watson threw for two, 298, two touchdowns, one interception, had that one sack. But when you have those guys, Atkins gets involved, Fails gets involved, they combine for 50 yards. But the majority of the meat came between those two stud receivers. And that's what can happen with this offense. And my issue is sometimes the Texans take too long in getting into that rhythm. And I'll save that point for, you know, later on in the show. But I definitely want to point out a couple things, right? Was this not Jonathan Joseph's revenge game? Like, you know what I'm saying? T.Y. Hilton has been known to own Houston at their house. Three catches allowed, 18 yards, a big pass breakup by Jonathan Joseph in the fourth quarter, right? And that catch would have put them in position to go take the lead at that time. Uh, and even more in that game, Jonathan Joseph and T.Y., they had a little back and forth, a little tip for tap, breaking up the huddle. I break it up the um this little, little scramble they had. So kudos to Jonathan Joseph for getting his revenge game after how many years of getting cooked. However, I will say this, you know, I, I just analyzed the entire game. And this was a game, I believe. I I I would say the Colts allowed themselves to get out of the game in the fourth quarter, but Deshaun Watson really woke up, and that was because everybody else around him woke up. In the second half, the offensive line played much better, much better. And a lot of times we evaluate them on sacks allowed, but the the reality of the situation is there's more into playing that than sacks given up. Now, granted, that is the most important thing, keeping your quarterback up. But they had a bad first half, whether it was penalties, whether it was Howard getting beat. He had a very rough first half. But in the second half, the entire offensive line cleaned it up, which led to the surge of that passing game. Getting guys more involved in hitting those players in spots where they want to be hit because Deshaun Watson had time to really scan, scale the field and get the ball out where he wanted it to get it out. So I'm looking at this team now, 
in this game yesterday. I'm not even going to go forward to the Patriot game next week. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to analyze what they did against the Indianapolis Colts on offense because offense won them that game. And I can say that this team has the capability every week to perform at high levels. When Fuller is on that field, you're going to get these matchups where who do we choose, the X Factor or the best receiver in the game? The thing with that is if you're the Texans, you're in good hands. <laughs> it was funny. We talk about receivers. You're going to be in good hands. Now, there were some things that I saw that I did not like, and they have to clean up, especially considering who their next opponent is. But, you know, getting this dub after a very lackluster performance against the Baltimore Ravens, doing the things that you did in order to win, especially in the second half, you have to tip your hat to this team. I just hate the fact that they have to give you many heart attacks before they actually prove why they are considered to be one of the best teams in the league and have been Super Bowl favorites from so many people when the season kicked off. And although that they did not run the ball too well, I also want to give credit where credit is due. In the second half, especially late in the second half, when the Houston Texans was finally getting into that groove like you was talking about, Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde came alive. They actually made some pretty big stretch. They actually made some pretty big plays down the stretch. So I just want to give some credit to them. Carlos Hyde, 16 carries, 67 yards. Duke Johnson, 5 carries, 22 yards. I know that's not eye-popping numbers, especially coming from Carlos Hyde, but both of those guys really stepped up when the game was in crunch time. Yeah, they did, and that was because, Cody, the offense opened up more, right? They was the, the, the defense for the Colts, and mind you, the Colts ranked number 11 in run defense, Okay. They're really good at stopping the ball, stopping the ball on the ground. But when you are allowing Will Fuller seven catches for 100-plus yards, DeAndre Hopkins, his catches, his yards, and his two TDs off a huge blown coverage from the safety uh, Malik Hooker, then you know that they're that you fear two men on this offense. That's four and that's ten. And then once Fuller gets involved, we've seen – how teams are just taken out of games. So in that second half, the focus wasn't really on stopping the backfield anymore because in that first half, I, I believe they had 30, maybe 35 rushing yards in that first half. They ended the game much better with 99 yards. You're right, Hyde and, and Johnson did a better job on the ground. Yeah, I just believe that once, <laughs> it's funny, once everything else gets going, then you can allow those guys that were brought in almost last minute to prove why they've been so valuable to this team thus far this season. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about Thanksgiving break. It's coming up. Nobody is excited, more excited about this Thanksgiving break than educators. Trust me, I know personally. But during this Thanksgiving break, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. 
Simply choose simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Just log into mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code locked on, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on the top risk-free bet. Make sure you do your part and support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but apparently (laughs) J.J. Watt gave out his cell phone number and encouraged fans to text him throughout last night's game. I went to his Twitter page, I saw it, and John, I texted him. I texted him, um, I said, I hope you know, you're know you doing well with your recovery, I hope everything's going well. And then I also extended an invitation for him to come on the show. I haven't heard back from him yet, but you know, I'm gonna give it, like you say, three to five business days. I'm pretty sure he got a lot of texts um, within, the last tw- within the last 12 hours and um, you know, just just fingers crossed. Hopefully, we can get JJ Watt on the show. Hopefully, one day. But I tell you one thing, Cody: the Texans really miss JJ Watt. Hell, they miss Jadavion Clowney. Boy, do they? Do they? Do they? Why am I saying that? Well, I'm sure if you watched the show, if you watched the game last night, the Texans allowed 175 yards, 104 to Jonathan Williams, a guy who got his first start. In the NFL against them, 104, one touchdown. Hines had 51 yards. Brissett had 20 yards and a touchdown. Their issue last night simply was there was no pass rush and the offensive <clears throat> and the defensive line was not able to create pushes in the opposite direction. They got manhandled. Now, the Colts do have one of the best young, if not the best, linemen in the league right now with Quentin Nelson. At that guard position, he's always just all over the field making lanes out of nothing. But that was the issue last night for me, Cody. When a a sack was needed, when a pass rush was needed, it just didn't happen on a consistent basis. The lone sack came from Jacob Martin, who was traded a part of that Jadavian Clowney deal that I forgot was even on the team. And that was a huge problem in last night's game. You know, first and foremost, I wasn't surprised that the Houston Texans struggled to stop the Indianapolis Colts run game because you saw what happened against the Baltimore Ravens. They got manhandled that game. So they went from playing against the best team who has the best run offense to the fourth best offense in the league. Indianapolis Colts came in with that, the fourth best running offense in the league. And it showed with nobody pressuring them, they exploited the Houston Texans, which is now their Achilles heel. John, there was one point towards the end of the second quarter in midway through the third quarter, they ran the ball 17 out of those 18 plays. Yeah, and the problem with a lot of that was just lack of effort. Lack of effort. I wouldn't say. In the first three quarters, I just saw a lot of missed tackles. A lot of missed tackles. I wouldn't necessarily say a lack of effort. 
they they just can't stop the run game. You know, I, I I saw where they missed a couple. Well, I'm not gonna say a couple because they missed quite quite often. I know they missed a, a lot of tackles, but they just cannot stop the run game whatsoever. The fact that the Indianapolis Colts was comfortable running the ball 17 out of 18 times. That that speaks volume to what is now the weakest part of this team. John, you you hit the nail on the coffin a couple months ago. Every time it seemed like the Houston Texans, you know, resolve one problem, a whole new problem comes up. It seems like this team can never get everything on the right track at the same time. And another problem I had with the Texans last night was just the fact that they were getting killed through the first three quarters when it was really a game, when they were in zone coverage. The zone coverage hurt them against the Colts. They allowed 10 rushing first downs. They allowed the Colts to be 9 of 15 on third downs. Now, they did have that huge stop that was none, you know, the, the, the biggest one, none bigger than the stop that they had in the fourth quarter when they were down that, that led to the fourth down stop. Those two, the combination between the third and fourth down stop, they really showed effort. They were really gutsy. But up until that point, the Colts had been really good on third down. They ended the game 9-15. And there was just areas of the game where I was confused. Mostly, why does it take so much time in crucial games? What is a crucial game? The Atlanta game wasn't really a crucial game. Not to me. It didn't really mean that much. The Raven game from Sunday, that was a crucial game. Thursday night game against the Colts yesterday, that was a crucial game. Why does it take so long for these Texans to get into their groove on offense? Now, that is an issue because you're going to go up against a team that they're not going to allow you to get into a groove and allow you to stick around. And that's what happened with the Colts. Going into halftime, the game was tied up 10-10. And poor Fairburn, it's just like on one kick, he was fired and then rehired at the same <laughs> time. This is this this for him, right? But they cannot continue to wait so long to get into the groove. Now, I'm not talking about trying to fill your 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 opponent out, but do you know in all four losses this year, the Texans did not score in the first quarter? And in all four of those losses that they did not score in the first quarter, they ran the ball on the first play every time. This coaching staff, this team has, it's just easy for them to slip back in the place of being predictable, right? We know what you're going to do. We know how to play it. Even though you have the weapons, you're going to stall them out. Uh, Kenny Steele's was non-existent last night. And there was moments where I thought he had a, a, a couple steps on his man. They have to get out of that being predictable. The predictability of the Texas will hurt them. That, along with not having a, a pass rush, Willie Merciless, who had a decent game, but we know why. You know, we, we, you, you're going to get resigned, but we know why we need to bring in someone else. Well, that I know that game did prove that they have areas in the defense 
on that entire team because Howard struggled last night uh, up until the second half. The offensive line played better collectively in the second half. The front seven for the Texans, they played good because of that second half performance, but you cannot allow yourself to get ran over. In two weeks, you guys have allowed nearly 400 rushing yards. Well, in two weeks, they, that that's pretty bad. But not even in two weeks, in five days. <laughs> in the span of five days, you have allowed nearly 400 rushing yards in what? Four rushing TDs? That is not good. It's not, but the best part about it is the Houston Texans have nine days until their next game against the New England Patriots. And Bill O'Brien actually gave the team an extra three days off. Of course, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they're going to return back to the um, the practice facility on Monday. And um, I don't know if you saw it, but when Bill O'Brien gave the news, you know, he gave his um, victory speech. He was like, you know, good, good, good win, guys. This is the moment where we fix our wrongs and, you know, we, we, we march towards the playoffs. And he said, I see you on Monday. Sealed it. Three days off. Everybody in the locker room, oh. I say that because I know somebody in that locker room, especially I know these players listen to our podcast, and I just want to let them know, I know you guys are going to probably take a quick two, three-day vacation, and if you do, please use Away. Away creates a thoughtful product designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go? If you can't visit away right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On on sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Last night's game was a national televised game, and they actually took a time to go back in history and show highlights from the very first Houston Texans game when the Texans beat the Dallas Cowboys in at the time was called Reliance Stadium. <laughs> um, the, the the game happened 2002. They beat the Cowboys 19 to 10. I was living in New Orleans at the time. I was still living in New Orleans. But John, you are a a a Houstonian until the day you die. Of course, you was here during that during that time. Do you remember that game? And if and if so, what's some of your fondest memories of that? I just remember, uh, you know, they beat the Cowboys. And I didn't really care at all because, I mean. I mean, you was what? Eight, nine? My team had just won a Super Bowl. Uh, but I remember my dad getting pissed off because he was like wow. a big Cowboy fan. And, um, like, that was one of the moments I could get away with teasing him. <laughs> so I did. I, I, I did a lot. Until it was uh, pretty pretty clear that if I kept going, then uh, I would have gotten something that kids today don't get. <laughs> they missing out on. They missing out on. We don't want you guys to miss out on Fan Fridays, of course, where listeners tweet us questions, reviews, and it just so happened that since we had the Thursday night game, we were we were able to get some interaction. The electrifying phenom. What free agents should the Texans pursue? I, I'm, I'm not sure because I, it's way too early to, you know, who should you pursue and this and that. And 
But I will say this, an edge rusher should be top of the list, top two on the list, rushing the edge should be where the Texas, whether it's outside linebacker, DN, uh, replacement for J.J. Watt, needs to be looked at. Also, just boosting your defense, getting after the quarterback. We've seen that without him, it's been a struggle. Even with Merciless, who started the season off super hot, boy, has he cooled off as of late. Yeah, I, I know it's too early, but the one guy I would like to see the Houston Texans go after, he is a free agent. Is Michael Bennett. You know, I know Michael Bennett is getting up there in age, but he 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 still could be productive. And, you know, if you put him on the defensive line, you know, with DJ Reader, JJ Watt, I'm pretty sure that can that it that has the possibility to be one of the best defensive lines going into the 2020 season. And um and at this stage in his career, I'm pretty sure we could get Michael Bennett for cheap. You agree with that? No, not really, not at all. I, I would, I wouldn't dare bring Michael Bennett here to Houston. Michael Bennett won't bring nothing to that defensive line. No disrespect to him. I mean, he's a great player in his own right in his career. But what is he going to really do for a defensive line front seven, a team that has aspirations to win it right now? I don't think he will do anything to boost that. Damn, what did Michael Bennett do to you? No, nothing at all. I just don't think bringing him to Houston would be worth anything at all. I mean, he's still one of the best no, defensive not. linemen in this game. He's not. He's not worth it at all. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> another guy in the Dominican Sue. Do you want him? I would rather Michael Bennett. Um, not really, honestly. I don't think Sue would fit what the culture is here in Houston. I just don't think he's worth it. Neither one of those. I mean, Sue doesn't play the edge. Bennett does, but well, he can but I don't think he'll do anything to boost this line. I don't wow. think Bennett will do anything to boost this front seven at all. Wow, and we will revisit this topic when free agency happens in 2020. <laughs> uh, my boy Thomas, he, he tweeted us, uh, his little beef with Romeo Cornell needs to change the damn scheme. You're right. Um, and they had issues with that zone. They really did. The zone really allowed... Jacoby to really get some time, and that's why we couldn't really get too much pressure on him. And we, we're, we're not a team like the Ravens to go get coverage sacks, even though I believe our DBs did an amazing job last night. Our cornerbacks played a hell of a game. Shout out to Vernon Hargraves III. Had a big pass breakup that was going to T.Y. Hilton. If T.Y. would have caught that in space like he would have, uh, I think he would have did more damage. Frankie Yates just tweeted us, we are falling apart. And then afterwards, when we got the lead, he backdoored and tweeted, we're falling apart, LOL. This was after the fact that the Houston Texans took the lead and eventually won the game. There are areas with this team that are super concerning, and that was it for Fan Fridays. But they have to continue to play with effort and hustle. Those were two components that I just didn't see in the Baltimore game. And honestly, I didn't really see it in the first half. If it wasn't for that blown coverage from the safety Malik, uh, Malik Hooker to give DeAndre Hopkins that wide open space to score that first touchdown, which I love when he gives those touchdown balls to his, his mom. 
There at this point, everybody knows the story. Stop reaching out for the damn ball. Everybody <laughs> knows where the ball is going. Allow him to do that. I think that's so selfish. I hate that a fan. Stop being so selfish. I we know you paid that much money for the seats, but chill out. Uh, but if it wasn't for that blown coverage with by, by Hooker, this game is is completely different. Now, luckily, you take advantage of those uh, areas that you can take advantage of, those opportunities, rather, you can take advantage of. And that's what the Texans did when Hooker just did whatever he felt like on that play. I'm not sure whatever happened on him. I'm not with Locked On Coach. I'm with Locked On Texas. And Deshaun was able to escape out and find Hopkins. But that is one thing I want to give them credit. They were able to take uh, opportunities and make something of it like that. But moving forward, they have to stop coming out flat like this and being so predictable. That is my take from last night game. That is your take from last night game. And this is our take for today's show. Once again, this is Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm Cody Davis. You can find me on Twitter at Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And as always, my brother, my 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 brother, my partner in crime, one of my best friends. John Some Sports Guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy with two Ys at the end. This has been a fun week. We've we've done a lot. And you know what? This has been a fun season. My voice has been heard across the world. It really has. In the yeah. like John, you really put your name on across the, the world football this world this year. Across the world. And I can't get you know, I can't wait until all of the opportunity opportunities that are coming up. Uh, but I will say this, and this is kind of the word of the wise, from the wise. Did you guys notice Bill O'Brien called a timeout after that fumble? That is still an issue with Bill O'Brien. Why would he call that timeout after Deshaun Watson fumbled the ball on a play where he should not have been running in the first place? <sighs> Just management skills with Bill O'Brien skills concern me. But you guys enjoy your Friday. Have fun. Chili has, right now, Chili's has $5 margaritas, and they have a mixture of margaritas and Hennessy. But have some fun. Be safe. Peace. You are locked on Texas. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.